This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hello, everybody. I'm Annabelle, and I'm absolutely fine, but I've got a massive well, hangover today, basically. <laughs> Except I haven't it's had anything to drink for days. Oh. Do you know what the really depressing thing is? Is it's, it's some kind of food over. Oh no. Because because yesterday, you know, I had you know, I had a bit of like banoffee pie and then some some red meat and you remember the days when you'd have nine steaks and just sort of, you know, you'd sleep for ten hours. Now I honestly feel like I've dropped ten pills and been to Glastonbury. I feel really off colour. So it just shows Feastonbury. Gluttonsbury. Ah, better. Gluttonsbury, there you are. It just shows the limitations around (laughs) any kind of substance now. I mean, there's really not much I can do anymore. You know, get high on fresh air. Great. Uh, Yes, except for you can't find fresh air. So there you go. Oh, how are you, Em? Um, Well, I'm absolutely fine, but I got given some ear pads for my noise cancelling headphones, which is absolutely wonderful. And I put them on and I realised how dilapidated and terrible and worn out and kind of broken the ones that I had replaced had been and how it just sort of made me realize like how long my bandwidth is for like tolerating things that are slightly shit yes I'm just like I could have replaced them it wasn't a particularly costly you know adventure I could have replaced them years ago and instead I just let them sort of sag and leave bits of black stuff on my face and (laughs) I just think my god honestly can't I just ever do anything nice for myself and look after myself anyway the answer is no listeners but Regular listeners of this podcast will know how totally demotivating we find motivational quotes. (laughs) However, there is one exception to this rule. It's our next guest, whose wholehearted warmth and empathy is at the cornerstone of her illustrations. Now, Veronica Dearly's blend of puns and self-awareness is basically a lovely corner of the internet. Very rare. She stares into the abyss and finds a little bit of hope there. And she just published her book, How to Do Hard Things, which is an illustrated guide to embracing change and challenging self-limiting beliefs. So we all need it. Thrilled to have you here, Veronica. How are you? I am absolutely fine. But I worry that when things are absolutely fine, everything is about to fall apart. (laughs) 
I violently agree. Emily walked into um, the house, I don't know, a few months ago and said, I have to tell you, I'm feeling incredibly positive. Everything is great. And I think it's going to be a marvellous week. And I said, I think you're on the verge of a catastrophic nervous breakdown. (laughs) And you were. Yes. I know. It's awful to admit that you're happy. It's awful to, I always feel that sort of like rolling out the red carpet for pain. It's like, okay, universe, now is the time to fuck with me. Just when I'm, you know, when I'm not displaying my customary hypervigilance. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, when you're putting out those vibes and they they say that if you put out like abundant vibes, then you'll get abundance, but you might just get an abundance of shit. Oh my God, that's the worry, isn't it? That's the worry. Can I tell you, yesterday I saged this room that I'm sitting in because it just was slightly stinky and I thought, okay, I'll sage it. Did you just have some sage lying around? I've just got these weird, like... I don't even know if they are they are sage. I've just got these weird sticks that you burn anyway. And uh, and I, I literally looked, I was waving it around. I looked at the mirror and I went, I'm ready for all the gifts that the universe has got to show me. And I thought, they're going to be crap gifts. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's, then you set the I room should... on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it smells really weird. <laughs> it's just the whole thing, exactly. I exactly. know, we're supposed anyway. to be telling ourselves at all times, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And the little boy's always says, but am I? But am I? But am yeah. I? You know, oh my God. And I love your intro to all sort of the strap line of your book is, you know, you can do this. Hold on, I've actually got it written down. What is the strap line of your book, Veronica? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me either. Brilliant. That was a trick. Brilliant. That was a dirty trick. No, I've got it. You can do hard things, but only if you've totally freaked out about them. And after that, you should be fine. Yeah. But that is the point, isn't it? Yeah. The idea that we can do it, but it might not be right now. And it might not be with the speed and vigor that we want it to be. And it might not have the anticipated results. And we might have to panic a bit before but eventually we'll get around to it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, you see the end result of other people doing it and they don't often share their their sort of debilitating freakouts or how many times <laughs> they fucked it up first. So you're just like, oh, well, they managed to uh, save up for a super yacht. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saving up for? Yeah. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Once the world's underwater, I'll be on my super yacht. <laughs> I do think that um, we spend a lot of time wondering why things are so easy for everyone else. Yeah. And it rarely occurs to us that, you know, we're all, th- we're all in it together. Yeah. And it's, all, it's, it's that thing that, like, somebody says, oh, how did you do that? And you think, well, where, where did that actually start? Like, did it start sort of 20 years ago? Like, how, how much do you want to know? Because I can't kind of attribute most things to just being like, oh, yeah, I just... Uh, I just filled in a form and there we go. <laughs> yes, or a single light bulb moment. Yes, yeah. And it's, yeah. I, I don't, well, I mean, it must be that easy for some people, but I just, I think that most things are just a combination of like constant, well, not constant misery. That sounds really tough. <laughs> but, but for most good things, I mean, you've had to put in a lot of, a lot of, um, hard work god i sound like i'm trying to go on an entrepreneurship podcast and i don't mean that at all yeah i just I, yeah we don't see we don't see all of the stuff we don't see all of so you can do hard things and i do think that 
obviously, because that would be a weird, weird vibe if I came on and said, oh, no, that was a lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I look at myself and I think, okay, well, obviously, I see my flaws a lot more painfully clearly than hopefully other people see them. And I kind of think, well... I have managed to do some things that I am quite proud of, obviously, including the book, but lots of other different things. I do think, well, if I could do that, despite the fact that I was painfully shy or, you know, X, Y, Z faults that I could come up with, I think if I can do that thing, then then I could probably do something else that I feel right now is impossible. Possibly not the super yacht. <laughs> that might be a stretch, but... Yeah, I think it's, I, I just apply that, to, like, I, I, like uh, we're all quite critical of ourselves. And I think, well, I managed to do that, so I'll probably be all right. <laughs> I mean, your illustrations are now instantly recognisable. Whether or not people follow you on Instagram and, and know that it's you and it's your shtick and it's your sort of aesthetic, we, you know, certainly I, I would know if, if, I'm, if you're <laughs> talking to me from whether it's a greetings card or from a screen or wherever it was. How did you start and why did you start to illustrate and write about our inner monologues and what they do to us and what our demons say to us and how we feel about the world. How did that come about? It was kind of organic, really. So I I actually started out making wedding invitations and um, trying to sort of flog them on the internet. And I I was just sort of pissing about, really, because I think I probably made about five sets of wedding invitations in the end. But it was kind of that thing of, like, I'm just putting stuff out basically into the abyss nobody's really watching so I can just have a play about and see what works and um it just started out that when I started sharing more of the kind of the darkness of real life and the silliness and that just noticing the things that apply to me that I also thought probably applied to lots of other people and trying to be a bit more I mean, going back to what you said about motivational quotes, I think I started in the age of those motivational quotes, like going crazy on the internet. Yeah, attack the wheat like a shark. Yeah, and I just was like, okay, well, that's not quite right. (laughs) So I'll I'll cross out that bit of it and I'll change it. And that's when people really started to be like, oh, I like that. And I was like, well, I can do that. (laughs) So I'll carry on. <laughs> Write what you know. Yeah. What sort of stuff do you find resonates the most? What is it that you point out where people go, oh, yes, that's me. Thank God you're saying it. Um, so I would say people procrastinating. I think a lot of people. So one of the first quotes that I crossed out was the one that was like, she knew she could, so she did. And this has been done to death now. But I, I, I do think that I was one of the first people to change it, to be like, she knew she could. But she pissed about on the internet all day and, and didn't bother doing it in the end. Something like yeah, that. So yeah, yeah. people love that because we all do that. We've all got these bloody things in our faces constantly that are literally designed to distract us from, I don't know, fulfilling our life's purpose or doing our taxes. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> and, having um, a nervous breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're. I think that even the most sort of disciplined people are like, oh, fuck, I've just spent an hour on Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think that that having all of these responsibilities to get done and not doing them for whatever reason is almost a universal experience at this point. So I think that always works. And us all being tired all the time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, for a drop of energy. Yeah. Imagine. Tired or hungry? Oh, God. Tired or hungry or wondering why we don't have anything to wear? (laughs) 
There was a one you put up on Instagram recently, which was really great. It was like, you might have a good time, even though you've got to go and put clothes on to go and do it. <laughs> I was like, yes, I, I identify wildly, Veronica. I realised the other day, um, I was saying this to Emily this morning, but... You know, because I've got quite a sort of, you know, quite a complicated shape to dress. So I've got like really big boobs. And so getting dressed has always been relatively stressful. Mm. I really love clothes. And I realised post-lockdown, I had to go to a big thing a couple of weeks ago, a big sort of big wedding that was really dressy-uppy. And I realised now that when I have to get dressed in a meaningful way, I physically shake from the anxiety of it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I should be, you know, it's, it's partly, as I say, partly post-lockdown, partly it's always been there. But I find that, you know, just bizarre at, at, at my age to find getting dressed to go out the door and face people that stressful in every cell of my body. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's going on a lot with coming out of, like, combination of coming out of lockdown. We haven't had to be dressed up. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like coming into a different age... I'm like, well, I don't know what this aged Veronica looks like or wears or does. Like, I've missed out that whole just gradual progression because it was like, oh, I dressed like I was 30 and then I wore pyjamas for three years and now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what coming from my mid-30s to 40s my whole vibe is. So I'm I know. Like... <laughs> and I find that my body has changed in a way that I don't understand because things aren't too tight or too loose, they're just wrong. Mm. So I don't know what to, what to even do with that. I mean, maybe it's a question of doing the unthinkable, actually going back into a physical shop and trying things on. Oh, I can imagine God. that. Oh, that sounds terrible, though. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> An absolute ordeal. But I mean, apart from the funny stuff that you've done, well, it's all funny, but the slightly lighter stuff you've done around procrastination, you've actually done some howling into the vortex, haven't you? You've done some, oh, you know, the, the dork, so the, the dork, the dark <laughs> The darkness, the darkness, there we go, the, you know, the darkness that can envelop. So can you talk to us a bit about where you live around like real anxiety and bleakness with your work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've gone through times in my life, I think especially after I had children when I had postnatal depression, and I've gone through a couple of spells of that and regular depression and kind of just can really strongly remember how it feels and kind of luckily now I feel like I'm okay at the moment. Obviously, you never really know how long that's going to last. Can't believe you just said that. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like I can... The antidepressants are in the post. <laughs> I can kind of instantly bring that to the, the front and remember that feeling of just like kind of numbness while the world... That's how I remember it. It's like, you know when you're, you're kind of really drunk and you're at that stage where you're just slumped and everybody's around you and it's kind of like they're all in slow motion and you're not really there and I kind of remember really strongly feeling like that for quite quite a while at the time and just that sort of hopelessness and I mean now yeah as I said <laughs> for today at least <laughs> I kind of feel okay but I'm constantly on this bloody journey and I don't know whether it's just hormones or whether I'm especially anxious or but it's just constant. It's just like these waves of like uh, worry about what's going on and constantly trying to make sure that my eggs aren't all in one basket and then feeling okay for a day and being like, okay, I've got a plan. I've got everything together. And then being like, well, what if it all goes to shit? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is it hormones? Is it mercury? No, it's just your horrible personality. <laughs> 
This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest. The tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big, overwhelming worries that can flood our nights. Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying, I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing. But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed, so I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midult. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash midult. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. But it is genuinely very, very exhausting and debilitating living like Yeah, and, and I understand. And for me, it was always like, you know, when you, you, the, the, you're in a movie and there's a sort of cityscape and, and the characters with the viewpoint is still and then lights rush past. They're yeah. still, but the world is rushing around. That's how sometimes I felt and, and feel now. And I feel like your book um, has a sort of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy aspect to it because with a lightness of touch i mean you're not you're not preaching but there mm. are it's all there it's almost i mean exercises is the wrong word but you know your your book is trying to help people to express themselves yeah yeah i think it, it was so it started out with that quote um the the strap line you can do hard things but um you have to freak out first etc <laughs> I, I should memorize it shouldn't i um <laughs> yes. and i kind of <laughs> I would memorise it if I were you, seeing as you're publicising your book. But hey, don't want to shame you or anything. <laughs> um, so it started out from that point, and I thought, well, how can I write a book that kind of covers that? Um, because I could just write, um, well, I mean, I could just write the steps of how you do hard things in general, but would that really be um, especially helpful? And <laughs> Would it make a book or would it be five pages long? And I think it'd probably be five pages long. <laughs> and um, I started to think about my work and all of the things I cover and I like to cover. Um, and then it kind of fed into that idea of looking at my life as a whole and kind of breaking it down in a similar way to the, the wheel of life thing that like lots of coaches use where it's like mind, body, spirituality. So that's kind of where it came from. And I, I, I looked at all of those different things and how hard things come up in all of those areas and the different ways in which you can approach them. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's been really challenging because obviously I don't want to come across and say, oh, actually, I am a mental health expert or I am a body positivity expert or any of those things, because I don't think I am. I think I'm just kind of a normal person that is kind of articulating what, I perceive to be not necessarily universal experiences, but quite kind of common experiences. Um, and so covering as much in each topic that I think will be helpful. 
and just yeah I mean there's a few exercises in there and stuff so that people can actually kind of like relate it to their lives rather than just sort of skipping through and being like done (laughs) yeah I mean Um, we we said about our book you know this is not a self-help book but we hope it helps yeah yeah, exactly. you know, just, yeah, just putting it out there. <laughs> you know, if you, you know, we're all a bit war torn at this point. So, yeah. you know, if you can share it, you can share it in a way that's, you know, feelingy and funny, then, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was kind of just, uh, I mean, some of it you'll recognize as being kind of, if not work that I've put out before, very similar to it. Because obviously I was, I was looking back on everything I've written and and I was like, well, actually, most of this fits. So it, it's just a, it's just like a culmination, I'd say, of 10, ten years of, of drawing. About... 10 years of panic. <laughs> yeah, 10 years of panic. <laughs> 10 years of freak title. outs. Yes, 10 years of panic. <laughs> and, and I could remember that easier as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be your next book. Yeah. You could actually, it'd be quite good to just do a, like a book that, that was called 10 Years of Panic and you just open it and it just screams at you. <laughs> just be like, be like, there you go. <laughs> this is what we're all doing, standing at the edge. But we noticed also that um, even though you started um, doing this work after you had children, you, very much like us, never mention your children or motherhood in in what you do um and and was that that I think that's quite unusual we tried to talk about we tried to lovingly syringed our children out of anything that we put out really um and and was that something that you did consciously or did it just sort of happen to be honest it's kind of just happened and um I, I actually remember kind of in the early days somebody close to me said something horrible which I don't actually agree with now but at the time you know when you just accept things and it was like oh I think when somebody just puts mother as the first thing in their bio it really sort of erases them or something along those lines and I was like oh my god (laughs) and as I say I don't agree with that because being a mother is obviously god though it's amazing 99% of my bloody life obviously (laughs) but it's amazing that someone can say one thing and 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 you and you and you suck it up and yeah. it affects the. You, you, it's extraordinary. You know, we have to be really careful who we listen to. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, so that did. Uh, I'm not going to credit it all to that, but that was something that kind of stuck with me. But I think that what I really wanted to do with my work is kind of just not necessarily relate to as many people as possible, because that's that whole thing of like, oh, I can't remember the saying. <laughs> I can't remember any sayings. <laughs> But it's like, if you're about everything, then you're about nothing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I, I, I feel like I'm like an oppressive fountain of sayings this morning. I don't know what's going on. I feel like a machine. It, it, it's the food over. It's making me a monster. Yeah, so it, it's kind of, a, it was just about covering as much as possible. And I mean, I was quite young when I had my children. So actually, a lot of the women that were literally my age, which is who I started out talking to, hadn't even thought about having children yet. So it, it it just wasn't really a priority. And I do like to acknowledge how hard motherhood is occasionally or parenthood. I do like to acknowledge having postnatal depression because I think that was very sort of influential of me. But I mean, I think that really it's mostly privacy. And um, I, I just worry, especially now my children are 12 and 13 and coming onto the internet, that if I had said anything about them they would probably not be very impressed 
No, and they would track it down. Yeah. And then they would, and they would shame you for it forever. Yeah. So I think, yeah, exactly. It is possible, isn't it, to talk about very personal things and feelings in such a way that you completely maintain your privacy. People think, don't they, that yeah. you're an open book, but you haven't actually told them anything specific about your life. No, and I think that's really weird because I feel like I share some of my deepest, darkest feelings and I feel like there's so much of me out there. But actually, my husband always says, if I just followed you on Instagram, I wouldn't even realise that you had a husband and two children. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, well, it's not... Because you know what? I love following people that are, you know, like always chatting on stories and sharing everything about their lives because you feel like you're kind of involved. But when I try and do it, it's just like, "Mm, I don't really know (laughs) how to handle anybody even kind of commenting on on my personal life. So I think it's kind of like a protective thing. That I think as well, the way it makes your work resonate so much, because if you connect with what you're saying without having the story behind it, which means it's sort of yours, to, it's sort of the reader or the kind of the Instagram users, they can project whatever they want, whatever narrative they want on that feeling. Yeah. And that's great because it means that, you know, it isn't sort of because I you know, woke up this morning and the dishwasher's broken and this and this, because all of that stuff is great, but it's actually just you can sort of tell your own story through what you what you write and what you say and what you illustrate. So, yeah, there you go. And that's what, that's what I love is when I put something out and somebody says, oh, this got to me just at the right time or whatever, um, something along those lines. And it's just, I'm like, oh, I love that. Like, I really love that. And I think you're right. If I'd put, I feel like this because the dishwasher's broken or because my children are monsters that are ruining my life, (laughs) then it stops people that don't have broken dishwashers or children that are ruining their life (laughs) relating to that as much. (laughs) It's funny that thing about things reaching you at the right time. And I think if you're really careful about your social media feeds, like really careful about them, it's a bit like you know, when you're growing up, you realise that you shouldn't really have friends who make you feel bad about yourself. I'm yeah. not sure that we should be following anything right now that makes us feel bad about ourselves. Absolutely. So if you're careful with it, then those things do leap out and find you, you know, when you need them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, it's so hard now, though, because even when you follow the people that you want to follow now, all of these places are trying to push random shit onto your feed. And it's just... Yes. <laughs> You find yourself looking at stuff and thinking, I don't even know why I'm on it. And then it, and then you realise it's because you like so-and-so, we're showing you this. And you're like, no, 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 I like so-and-so, maybe for reasons that, because I don't want them to know that I don't secretly like them or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Now I don't want to see a whole raft of stuff that's similar. Yeah, yeah. we're all being programmed, aren't we? Yeah. No. But I, I think that's right. I think... I, I mean, I um, I haven't quite taken the plunge, but the other, over the weekend I was thinking I'm going to delete Twitter. I'm going to get rid of it because it's just it's just like a hellscape and it never makes me feel good about anything. So I think you're right. I think it's it's really important to be like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to look at that. It's sort of different, isn't it? I find with Instagram, Instagram has the potential to make me feel bad about myself and my life. Twitter, I'm quite a late Twitter adopter. I only really got into it properly about six months ago. Now I'm completely obsessed. And it's different. It doesn't make me feel bad about me and my life. It makes me feel absolutely furious slash terrified yes. about the entire world. Yes. And you, <laughs> you can know, see in the com- in the replies, you're like, oh... God, aren't people awful? (laughs) 
aren't people. <laughs> Whereas Instagram is a sort of photo album that can make you feel jealous, less than, envious, panicking about you, know, the fact that you haven't achieved this or, you know, your kitchen doesn't look like that, whatever it might be. Twitter is, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of a spiteful Armageddon. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a different sort of raft of, yeah. of, of feelings. So you go to Instagram to feel despair about yourself and you go to Twitter to feel despair about everybody else. Beautifully put, you see. <laughs> That's why we need to read your book, which is, out, which is out when? It's out now. It's out now. You can get it. Yay! It's a hell of a thing doing a book, it. isn't it? All good bookshops. It's very good fun. I, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> you made <Yay>! a thing. <laughs> I made a thing and it's real and it's it's hardback and it's lovely and I just, yeah, I love it. I'm really happy. But not so happy that I need something shit to happen now. <laughs> if anybody's <Yeah. laughs> If anybody can control that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, at the risk of sort of sounding totally demotivating, um, what, what are you doing next? What's your next plan? Oh, you know what? I don't really know, to be honest. I think that I am in that weird phase that I think a lot of small businesses are in, where it's like, oh, shit, what's happening with the world and who's buying stuff and uh, recession and gas bills and all of that stuff. So I, I'm kind of just... I've had a big sale, sold off all my stock, and I'm just having a bit of a fresh start, really, and seeing what comes my way. So, <laughs> you, I mean, are you going to continue to embrace? I mean, I think really at the, at the core of what you do, which 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 is which a lot of people don't do, particularly if they're trying to help, is embracing the freakout. Yes. Yeah. You've been- you're going to continue yeah. to embrace the freak I'm constantly. That is a way of life for me. <laughs> yeah. The free, well, thank, well, I mean, thank God for you. Because I think, it, I think it does make people feel very good what you do. Because it says, I see you, I am you. And, you know, we're all, we're all a bit of a mess, but anything is possible at the same time. So it's got empathy blended with sort of subtle optimism. that isn't like happy, clappy, deranged, cheerful, oppressive, improbable optimism. Yeah. So it feels very human what you do yeah and that's what I, I want it to feel like a real life person doing real life stuff because yeah. I mean that's what we are aren't we like it's it is like you, it is demotivating when you look at the people doing kind of the next level of it where it's like just like oh manifest I'm manifesting a million pounds I'm doing this I'm doing that and there's no sort of real life connection for me with that kind of stuff so I I, I kind of wanted to just be the middle ground where it's like things are a bit shit but crack on it's going to be fine it's very easy to not feel like a real life person sometimes it's very easy to feel like you're kind of battery operated because Mm. you know you know everything feels mad so it's nice to find little hooks that you can connect to when you're feeling like you're just sort of on rails gliding slash jerking slash screaming through your life (laughs) i love that (laughs) i mean you know i just i feel 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 fully mad today so um how to do hard things with the tagline that none of us can remember (laughs) is out now and also do follow veronica on um instagram because it really is a sort of you know little sort of breeze when um when you're feeling like you can't breathe thank you so much for coming to see us oh thank you it's been so Uh, nice chatting to you and also good to know that you can do you could possibly do really insane wedding invitations oh absolutely yeah i i will i will do literally any drawing for money at this point so (laughs) she's your pen for hire oh veronica thank you so much and um, i hopefully talk to you again soon that would be lovely thank Thank you you very much bye
You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midalt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.